Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. We'd like to hear the next man joining us actually for the first time, but he's always, always going to be a part of our family, hopefully if he gives us out some five-star plays. Nate Jacobson of Stadium. Nate, thank you so much for joining the show. Studio clap for our guy, Nate Jacobson. Nate, how you doing, sir? Hi, thanks for having me on, and I'm glad that uh, you guys are also on Virginia Tech because the first thing this morning I did at 7 a.m. Central, I woke up with that Virginia Tech is an underdog, and they quickly flipped to as a favorite. And I like the start so far in Brooklyn from the Hokies. It's looking so good for the Hokies right now. We love Vodtech. Nate, uh, this is a live sports gambling show, so before we do anything, is there anything that you're on tonight or you're sweating out currently that you would like the people to know about just in case they want to tell you because uh, from the looks of it, you have good taste. You're already on Vodtech. Yeah, so I like Virginia Tech. I have them in progress. And I also took the other uh, Commonwealth team, Virginia, plus four tonight against North Carolina. I just think it's a letdown spot for North Carolina off their best performance of the season, beating Duke in Coach K's last home game. It was also a win that probably did enough for North Carolina to make the NCAA tournament. So I can see a letdown in that sense. And the Tar Heels have been a really erratic team this year. I know that they've won a lot of games recently, but they haven't really looked convincing in doing so. And with a game in this spot, I think that playing a Tony Bennett team who wants to make the game ugly, maybe cause some turnovers from North Carolina's inexperienced guards, that this game could be very close. It's also Hubert David's first ACC tourney game, so don't know what to expect from him, especially against a known commodity like Tony Bennett. So I like North Carolina, or Virginia, pardon me, tonight. I bet at a plus four along with Virginia Tech uh, oh. for my bets tonight. Love it, Neo. We're on the same thing. So good start right there. What about the futures market? Anything worth playing right now as far as the national championship with March Madness beginning next week? Like, let's say you're making a trip to Vegas or maybe you don't want to sweat out every single game as we saw today. Um, you know, sometimes it, it's not for everybody, man. Some of these sweats at the end of these games in March. Any team that you still see some value with? Like, you know, for example, Arizona's all the way down to 6-1. to one. Kentucky's 8-1 to one, and the Zags are plus 375. Uh, anything that you would still play today? Yeah, I'd probably avoid the top of the board just because I feel like with those teams, you're not going to get too much worse of a number or too much you're going to miss out on a, a number, especially just because the NCAA tournament, the draw is so important. One team I like, who actually I'm probably going to fade tomorrow, but I like long term, is Illinois. Yeah, uh, I saw some some places even 50 to one, I believe at that MGM 25 to one. That's an intriguing team to me especially if they end up as a three or a four seed. I feel like that number is a little bit too high. Also have some interest in Villanova, but a lot of that's going to be about their path. And if somehow they get into the Philly region or the East region and play games in Philadelphia, maybe they have an edge on the field. But for me, I'm not looking to fire right now, but when the bracket comes out on Sunday night, on Monday morning, I'll definitely look at the, uh, the refreshed odds and then try to see maybe who has kind of a sneaky good path, like a team that, might in their second-round game play a team like Providence or Wisconsin, who I think are a little bit overvalued. Nate, tell me about your philosophy or your process when the bracket comes out. Um, and, and be hyper-specific in terms of, like, how you're going through this from, like, a macro standpoint and even, like, a micro standpoint. Yeah, for sure. And I know there's a lot of tricks looking at teams' offensive efficiency at the Ken Pomeroy and – and defensive efficiency, and maybe if one team is really bad at one aspect but good in the other aspect, maybe fading them just because they're not a very balanced team, so looking for balanced teams. But something I like to look at and I'll keep an eye on this week 
is teams that made a deep run in their conference tournament, maybe playing four games in four days or three and three and won their conference tournament, fading them the first couple rounds of the NCAA tournament, just because I feel like you exert so much energy playing multiple games multiple days in a row. And I have a few examples. Last year, Ohio State, they played four games in four days at the Big Ten tournament, lost to Illinois in overtime of the Big Ten title game, and then first window basically on Friday, lose to Oral Roberts. Uh, Michigan State in 2016, same thing when they lost to Middle Tennessee State. I'm a Mizzou guy. I went to Mizzou, and I was a sophomore in college in 2012, so 10 years ago, pretty much to the day. And they won the Big Ten or Big 12 tournament in their last year in the Big 12, and that meant a lot for the school. But then in the tournament, they were the two seed, and they lost to Northfolk State. So I think there's some prime examples out there that after the dust settles from this week, looking at teams who made a deep run and also betting on teams who maybe lost after a game or two of their conference tournament because they're fresh, refreshed and refocused and healthy for the big, big dance. Really quickly, are there certain conferences in general that you're low on or high on? Yeah, so I guess the ACC, that, that might be low-hanging fruit because you know, everyone's picking on the ACC. Uh, one, one conference I'm interested in and seeing how things shake out is the SEC, just because the four teams that have a double buy are pretty highly regarded with Arkansas coming on late uh, in the regular season. So maybe a team in the SEC who plays three games in three days in Tampa, maybe fading them next week, um, especially if like an Auburn, who I think is kind of a vulnerable uh, potential one seed. Uh, but that team, the, the SEC, I think is pretty strong. Uh, the Pac-12, obviously that's another conference. We know that's not very good as there's not a lot of bubble uh, stuff this week, but I think with the Big Ten that maybe they're a little bit overrated. I know a lot of times the Big Ten teams have beat up on each other, but if you look at like the lower half of the Big Ten conference tournament bracket, whether it's Wisconsin or Purdue, uh, Ohio State or Michigan State, Michigan State, there's like a glaring weakness on all those teams come tournament time. I know the Big Ten struggled pretty mightily last year in the NCAA tournament, and they all had pretty favorable paths to the NCAA tournament because they had their conference tournament at Indy, and then they stayed in the state, and they still struggled. So I think fading the Big Ten might be the way to go just because I think some of those teams aren't that good and that the conference was a little bit overrated in general. We're joined now by Nate Jacobson of Stadium, does some uh, content uh, producing and sports betting. He's a sports betting analyst at Stadium, so you can follow him on Twitter at Nate Jacobson. One, Nate, really quickly, I'm looking at, uh, we already kind of touched on these futures, but let's look at some of these teams that are like in the lead. So I look at Gonzaga, who struggled with St. Mary's a little bit, Arizona as well, squeak went out against Stanford today, and then like a team like Duke, who I think if Buddy Beheim plays in that game today, I think we're looking at a different team that's advancing in the ACC tournament. How do you feel about the top in the cream of the crop right now? Because I don't feel like there's a team that really just knocks my socks off to where I just I just have to bet them, even at this these plus value and these plus odds that I'm getting right now, like 10 to 1 and even, uh, I guess, plus 375 is chalky, but still. Yeah, definitely. I think Gonzaga is still interesting to me. I know that they lost to St. Mary's to end the year, but I actually think that may have been a good thing for them you might be able to get a price break in them in terms of the future odds. I wouldn't be laying a future though on them just because it's too short for my liking. But I think Gonzaga losing that game to St. Mary's and then playing a close game in Vegas on Tuesday night maybe can help them a little bit. And they're not as much pressure about kind of ending the season on a, 
a perfect run, even though they did lose a few games in non-conference. Arizona, it's a weird team to me because they had no expectations before the year. Then they go out, beat all the teams, cover every number. And then when you're looking at their Pac-12 games, they're favored easily by double digits every night and had mixed success against the spread. So not really sure what to make of Arizona. I know they struggled today. So if, if they lost today, that would have been a team maybe to target uh, for next week, but they're going to play on in Las Vegas. A team I like near the top, Kentucky. Yeah. And it's a team that I kind of want to lose, maybe not make the final the SEC tournament, uh, just so not everyone knows how good they are. I just think this Calipari team – a little bit different. It's not kids anymore. There's transfers. There's players who've played there for two or three years. I think Kentucky could be a really good team. And with fans back in the crowd for these games, like we didn't have last year, uh, Kentucky fans are going to probably save up a lot of money for the last two seasons, not having an NCAA tournament to go to. And I think Kentucky is a, a team I like. And if people out there just trying to pick a bracket in a, in a big tournament field that want to be different. I think Kentucky is a, is a pretty sound choice, especially if they lose in the semifinals or, or even quarterfinals in Tampa Bay this weekend. Uh, Nate, we only got about like 90 seconds, but really quick, I just wanted to ask about these teams that have let, already clinched. Uh, you got Chattanooga, who I like because of Malachi Smith. He's averaging 20 a game. South Dakota State. I like Murray State. I guess you wouldn't really consider them a Cinderella anymore because John Moran a couple yeah. years ago, they're 27-2 and two and ranked 19th in the country. Out of those three teams, anybody that can make a run? Yeah, I think Murray State is, is the team. And, yeah, like in the first round, they could be a favorite. But yeah. I think uh, if they play a team like Auburn or something in the uh, – don't mean to pick on Auburn this segment, but I think that they could uh, challenge a team like Auburn. You know, when John Morant was there, I remember they beat uh, Marquette in the first round and then kind of got out athlete in the second round. But I, I think that Murray State would be my pick and also – um, I know a team that a lot of people on Twitter talk a lot about is Bryant. I, I, they might end up being a 16 seed, but I know that they play at a super fast pace. I think they're fifth in a adjusted, to, adjusted tempo. So I think Bryant could be a team that like, uh, if they are like a 15 seed, a, a two seed like Purdue wouldn't want to play just because Purdue struggles defensively. All right. Thank you so much, brother. That's Nate Jacobson of Stadium giving us the facts about the college basketball tournament. My brother, can't wait to have you on soon. Thank you. Absolutely. Good luck, guys. I love that Bryant shout-out, man. Shout-out to Peter Kiss, yeah, who is just, man. like, lighting it up right now. I can't wait to watch him and Jimmer Fredette starting in the backcourt in Shanghai. <laughs> That's in like exactly what's going to happen. Like four years. Somebody asked me on one of the hits today, they're like, what's his ceiling? And I'm like, probably Shanghai.